is Adam, and we had the opportunity to speak with John King over Zoom video. John King was born and raised in Georgia. He talked to us about how he got into music. He came from a very small town. His brother is actually still the drummer in his band, which I think is awesome. He's four years younger, so the band started to really kind of take off when John was attending college. So by the time John was graduating from college, his brother was graduating from high school and it kind of worked out. They were able to tour together. John talked to us about living in Nashville, doing the Broadway scene where he'd play in bars for three hours, try to sneak in some original songs, walk around with the tip bucket. He has an awesome story about Randy Hauser, Randy Hauser giving him a tip in his tip bucket and full circle, John King ends up writing a number one song for Randy Hauser. We also talk about John's debut album as well. You can watch our interview with John King on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with John King. So you originally are from Georgia, though, correct? Yeah, I grew up in uh, northeast Georgia, about two hours north of Atlanta. So super small town, Habersham County, like middle of nowhere, but beautiful, like mountains and great, like amazing scenery. And But it's only five hours from here, so we go home a lot. Oh, cool. That's cool. Is your yep. family still there? Everybody, man. My, my family and my wife, uh, everybody's back there. We were high school sweethearts, so literally like, you know, our parents, our grandparents, aunts, uncles, we, we were really the first ones to leave, like out of, you know, out of our family. So it's been, um, it's been fun and, you know, interesting, you know, to kind of uproot and move to, as you know, to a whole new city. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, it's, it's a great one. Like if I had to pick one, Nashville's been great. That is awesome. That's really awesome. So growing up, what, what got you into music? Man, I was just a music lover. My mom, my dad were both just big fans of, um, of all genres. You know, my mom was a big singer songwriter fan. She loved a lot of folk, a lot of uh, James Taylor, who was just here in Nashville. Um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Neil Young, um, a lot of like, and then, you know, country too, Johnny Waylon, like all these great singer songwriters. And then my dad was a rocker, man. I mean, he loved ZZ Top and, you know, Led Zeppelin and Skinner and Allman Brothers. So it was like a good blend for me uh, to have both of those worlds. And like, they definitely played their way into all my music. I mean, if you listen to anything I put out, like there's influences of rock and country and singer songwriter. Um, mm. And yeah, so it was a great musical upbringing, but no one played. I mean, it was just, it, you know, it was kind of one of those things. I just started off as a student. And, um, and finally got so just infatuated by, you know, music. I was like, man, I got to get a guitar or something to figure out how to do this. You know? <laughs> how old are you when you got the guitar? Well, uh, at Christmas, I was 11, my first guitar. And uh, my brother got like a, a really cheap, like kid set of drums. And that was kind of what started it for us, man. Like we started just banging around on everything and had no idea what we were doing. Like my mom picked up a, a chord chart book from Walmart and I just like studied the heck out of that thing. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> and finally, finally got to where I could like put, you know, chords to songs I was hearing. So I learned everything by ear. Like I had no idea how to read music or anything, you know, about what I was doing, but um, it all just started like trying to match up sounds. What I was hearing on the guitar with what I was hearing on the radio or, and um, I would record, this is dating myself, but I would sit in front of the, v the VH1 Countdown. You, I don't know if you remember VH1 Countdown, like back oh, when yeah. 
MTV and stuff. Like sure. I had this old like wooden TV and I actually like, I think it had already kind of like worked its way out, but I was just like 10 years behind the rest of the world. Like being in a small <laughs> <laughs> I would sit in front of it, like with this like cassette recorder that my dad had and record it and listen to it on the school bus the next morning, like play it back. Oh, you would record the audio from the TV. Yes. Into, oh, that's, that's awesome. Into a cassette player and then take it, you know, on my little cassette Walkman on the school bus. And I would listen to these songs, which was, you know, a lot of Blink-182 and, uh, you know, No Doubt and uh, Outcast, mm-hmm. like a very cool time, like a lot of really great music, but in uh, country, you know, I mean, Shania and Garth and, mm-hmm. and all that. And um, I would try to like figure out in my head, like, what chord is that? Like, what are they playing? And then finally, I got good enough to play along to like all the songs I like. And I was like, well, heck, like now I need to make up my own words. Like, it'd be cooler if I could make my own words and say what I want to say. So I'd say I started really writing songs when I was probably 13 or 14. And it just kind of, it just blossomed from there, man. Like I, I just fell in love with it. And it was, you know, I was good at something, which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you, were you like singing to people and, and just, you know, doing the cover songs or trying to learn the songs that people tell you like, Oh man, you can actually like sing. You should really kind of keep going with this. Or was that, was that yeah. the first time you ever had sang or were you in chorus? No, Why man, like that? I never sang. I had no idea what I was doing. Like I had no training. I, I remember my grandma talking me into getting up on stage on Sunday morning at church and singing a song. And I remember like coming off, like being so nervous, like not wanting to do it, but I did it. And when I came off stage, like everybody was like, wow, like you can really sing. And I was like, in my head, like I had no idea I could really sing. Like I didn't, still didn't quite register to me. But when everybody started telling me I was good at it, it was like, man, like maybe I could do this. Like maybe I am pretty good at it. And so it just built my confidence up. And I don't think I really was that good at it. <laughs> it took a lot of, you know, years of practice and figuring out what I was doing. But, um, but yeah, it was, I kind of just, I never really set out to be a singer, songwriter, any of that. I just loved music and I wanted to be a part of it. And I just kind of found my, you know, my path in it. Um, but it was, it was really fun, man. And it became a family thing. My brother started playing drums. And so it was a fun thing for us to do, you know, to like go out in the garage after school and just play for hours. It became more than just, you know, being in a band, it became like a way of life for us, you know? Mm-hmm. Did he continue to play? Still my drummer to this day. Yeah. Is he really? That is awesome. Yeah. Only drummer I've ever had. And um, it's been cool to uh, see him like, you know, grow from, I mean, we were sneaking him into bars when he was 12 years old. I mean, we were only 16, but you know, it's hard enough to sneak in there at 16. We were putting like hoodies on him and sunglasses. And, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, dude, it was, it was crazy, but you know, we started building up a little following and started getting some songs that like actually sounded, you know, halfway good. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, before we know it, we were, we were doing, you know, four or five shows a week, like, showing up late for school, like trying to, you know, talk our parents into letting us skip a day to go to North Carolina and do a show. So it was, it was cool, man, to, to, you know, make that a big part of my childhood. And then it really carried over to how we do business now. I mean, it's such a family thing for me. Like I love having, uh, you know, my whole family involved in it. It makes it that much sweeter for me, you know? That is so cool. And to like, you know, marry your high school sweetheart, have your brother in the band, like you just move in the family, like I, having the family unit. I love that. I think that's so rad. Oh, it's kept me so grounded, man. It, it makes it more than just a job. You know, it makes it a lifestyle to be able to go out there and experience these amazing places, these amazing people. It really is such a great uh, way of life. Um, and country fans especially are just so welcoming and so kind. Mm-hmm. 
and supportive. And man, once they are in your corner, they're there forever. And, and I've found that out firsthand. I've, I've been so blessed to have amazing fans and, uh, and they've really made my family feel like part of theirs and vice versa. It's, it's crazy. Like how the lines start to blur and your fans become like your family. And, um, yeah, it's been great. And it, yeah, it's awesome. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. When did you start seeing, were the like original songs that you started seeing success with, like you said, you know, playing North Carolina, like were you got, writing your own songs and then what people just started gravitating to your shows more and more, like where did you start seeing success build? Yeah, it started off regionally, you know, I mean, we had little rock bands, you know, that we kind of started out with, we called them rock bands, but they were really Southern rock country bands, you know, and uh, we were just really loud and didn't know what we were playing. So we called it that. And it was like, we started out playing little clubs. I mean, you know, church picnics, bowling alleys, like whatever we could play, we were playing it. And there wasn't a whole lot to choose from in, you know, Northeast Georgia. So we started kind of, you know, branching out into Atlanta and then Athens, you know, which is a great music town down in, in Georgia uh, and where I went to school. And that was really the main reason I went to school at University of Georgia. It was such a great music town. Uh, we started build, building a following there. And then when we got a good Georgia following, yeah, we, we branched out. By the time I was in, you know, late high school, early college, we were going to Greenville and Charlotte and, you know, even down to Florida and working our way over. And it was like before we knew it, we had like a good little following in the southeast. So by the time I moved up to Nashville, you know, when I graduated college, we had, you know, a good base, at least in the southeast. And that was really helpful um, for us to build that and have a ticket history and um, and to already be selling some records down there, you know. Mm hmm. You, you, you mentioned your brother's what, four years younger than you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you went to school, did you go to school uh, for music or something totally different? Well, kind of. Um, so I went to school, my, my degree at University of Georgia was in marketing, but they had a music business minor, which was really interesting to me. And uh, that was one of the main reasons I went to that campus. And it was so great, man. I learned uh, so much about uh, not only, you know, songwriting, uh, not only performing, but also about the business end of things, which, you know, as we know, is a big part of it. And it really kind of gave me some, you know, very valuable knowledge that I've, you know, been using to this day uh, on the marketing side of things, on the booking side of things. You know, there's so many different things that go into this career. I, I, I never realized it as a fan looking in, like, I just thought, you know, you write songs, you put them out, like, fans like them you go play like it yeah, blow yeah. Up. yeah cool. like, like sounds fun you know but man there's there's a lot to it and um so yeah it was good to have like an education in that and you know my mom was the one who always pushed me like she really wanted me to go to college and i'm so grateful she did because if she hadn't i, I probably would have come straight to nashville and i wouldn't have been close to ready uh, to compete with the talent up here so mm -hmm. again like those four years there helped us to build our fan base even more it helped me to develop as a songwriter i think when I was in college, you know, I think I got a little bit of my voice and kind of figured out what I wanted to say as a songwriter mm -hmm. um, and started kind of honing in. So by the time I came to Nashville and started taking meetings with publishers and labels, like I had a little body of, you know, music that I was proud of, you know, and to this day, like when I listen back to him, like, you know, that wasn't so bad. I mean, there's some good stuff in there. And um, obviously, you know, you write a lot and, and you get better at, just like with anything, but yeah, I mean, that was definitely where I kind of formed, uh, you know, my songwriting habits. And when, when you were there, when you're in school, like how far away from your house or your, where you grew up were you? Did you Only like, four, yeah, 45 minutes. So it was easy. I mean, I would drive back and, uh, you know, pick up the band, you know, on a Wednesday night or whatever. And then we'd go do shows and, you know, I might miss a class or whatever, show up late for a class on Thursday and 
then we'd go out again Friday, you know, and, and go be going all weekend. So it was cool, man. Like we, we had a good little system. We were just like living out of a beat up suburban and trailer, like the same old story you hear. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it really was just road life and, um, and it was not glamorous. I mean, it was sleeping on floors and eating whatever. And just like, it was pretty rough, but it was, um, it, man, it made us hungry. It made us want to work hard. It made us, you know, when we'd have those nights where the crowd was really into it or people were singing words back, it, it's just infectious, that feeling uh, that your music is really impacting your fans and the people around you. I mean, it's a, a great feeling. That's why I got into this. Mm-hmm. So um, it's still like that to this day. I mean, I feel like not a whole lot has changed. Like, you know, I feel like the songs have gotten better. You know, we, we've honed in a little more on what we're doing and, and figured out our, you know, our path a little better. But it's still that same feeling, man. There's no there's no greater energy than getting up on stage and, and having fans sing your songs back to you and knowing that that means something to them, you know? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. What took you to Nashville? Like, um, I mean, and, and how did that affect, like, your as far as your brother being a, four years younger, did he go just skip college? Or, like, did you get, were you guys, like, at a success point at that time that you you know decided to move to nashville and pursue it yeah 100%. yeah i came to nashville um straight out of college i was i was interning man i was you know trying to kind of just as you know like it's such a uh it's such a town you have to get in and kind of get your hands dirty and, and meet everybody get out and network mm-hmm. and i was doing all that i was playing every ride around i was playing you know down on broadway you know trying to play three hour sets like getting to know people and um and then interning during the day and living off tip bucket um and then oh, about a, yeah so about a year into town and then on the weekends we were still touring we were still going out you know i'd drive down to georgia and jump in the van with my guys and we'd go tour so everybody was still back in georgia except for me even my wife um we got married straight out of college and our first year of marriage we were just like apart you know just back really and back and forth yeah wow. um did she go to georgia with you university we, of georgia yeah, okay yeah, that's cool um, so she was teaching back home. Um, you know, my whole family was back there. I would come up here, I would couch crash and, uh, write songs, you know, uh, work my day job and then go play at night. And finally, I guess, you know, about a year in, I started really making some connections and ended up, um, signing a publishing deal. Um, and then a couple of months later, I ended up signing a record deal. So it didn't take that long. It took about a year of just hard grinding and, um, and then as soon as we signed our record deal, uh, we went on radio tour. So yeah, like my brother, uh, he was living in Georgia. He was just finishing up high school. So like, as soon as he got done with that, um, he was like, man, we're going to go, we're going on tour. Like, let's go. So he was ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, cool. <laughs> yeah. It was like college can wait, you know? So, right, sure. um, so yeah, we went, we went out, man. We started doing 150 200 plus dates a year and just burning up the road um all over 48 states um my first single hit you know radio uh, mm-hmm. tonight tonight and it was uh yeah it was just kind of like um it's been a blur ever since that and uh, it's been a good one you know mm-hmm. so um yeah it's it's been it's been a really fun ride so far it's been great to see how each song the fans just react um, differently, but better at the same time. I just feel like we've had this nice slow build. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been awesome too, to get out and explore so much of this country and make fans all over the United States. It's been, yeah, so far it's been fun, man. I still like, I, I feel like I'm still getting started, but it's, uh, in hindsight, it's been a long ride to get here. Sure. Wow. Okay. So I'm so new to, to Nashville. I moved here about six months ago in the height of this whole pandemic and not stuff wasn't really open. I know it, 
was more so open here than where I came yeah. from in California. But I still didn't have a real opportunity to go trying to, you know, settle here and figure out living situations and stuff. I didn't really have a chance to go out and kind of explore the the town. And my family was here in town from San Diego. And it was the first time I like went out downtown because I, I don't drink. So yeah. it wasn't like a big thing for me to yeah. go do. But I wanted to go like experience what it was down there. And my, my yeah. family does. So I'm like, yeah, I'll drive, whatever. Uh, so. So we went out down there and we went to a, a few of the, you know, went to Tootsie's, which is cool. And like yeah. Jason Aldean's place and checked out like Kid Rock's place. And all, I mean, people probably know this if they get, went to Nashville, like Broadway, Broadway is like rocking. I mean, there's people playing oh. like multiple levels of, of you know, are, were you doing that? Were you like one of the people in those bars playing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I was, yeah. I was, I was watching these people and I was just like fascinated by, you know, how good they are and how much they're grinding. I mean, they're playing what three hour sets on one level. Yeah. And, and living off a tip bucket, man. I mean, yeah. They'd come around and they'd be like, did you see, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah we throw a few bucks in or whatever we had in our pocket. But oh, I know, like, I, I can't imagine doing, I was telling my dad, I'm like, these people are really grinding. I mean, coming from San Diego yeah. and, and being in the, the music scene there, I mean, bands would yeah. build by just playing the local venues and then right. more and more kids from the scene would go. But like, yeah. you're in this city that's, all music people and people that want to make it like talk to me about playing in those bars. I mean, that, I just was like shook, like on these, like these bands. Oh man. It's uh yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's, you know, every night you're living off that tip bucket. So you, I mean, you kind of have the fire lit under you to get up there and put on a show, you know, but it's tough, man. I mean, it, you know, cause you're playing 95% covers or more, mm -hmm. you know, only covers. I would sneak in originals, you know, when the bartender wasn't looking, you know, and trying to like, because to me, like I came to this town, obviously, to play my own songs and to right. show people my music. So I did it for a while, man, but I got pretty burnt out, you know, on the cover thing. It, it just, it, 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 you know, the same 30, 40 songs over and over. Um, but, I, you know, all that to say, like, it definitely was a great spot to meet talented musicians. I mean, some of the most talented musicians in the world are playing down there on Broadway right now. I mean, it's right. insane. They're crazy um, good. They're crazy good. I mean, you cannot walk around this town and and go in a place and not hear a band that's amazing. Like, they're everywhere. Like, there's so much talent. So I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest takeaway from playing those those Broadway downtown bars was, dude, you got to get better, <laughs> like, fast, you know? Because everybody here is good. Everybody here is more than good. I mean, this is the best of the best. It's like, I always, like, think of it, you know, I'm a huge sports fan, so it's like, to me, it's like, back home like yeah we had a good little following but we were like in triple a like we were playing you know college baseball right like now, now we're, we're like the, the sounds beat. yeah exactly. <laughs> now we're playing for the braves you know or whatever right, right. Like, we gotta step up and so um yeah it, it really lit a fire under me man and made me like i i, I got up there i was like i'm not as good of a singer as that guy or that girl i, I can't play guitar like this person like they're way better than me like i've got to find a way to be better and so to me, like, I really leaned into my songwriting, man. Like I really put all I had. I started writing songs constantly, like just for the, just for the practice of, you know, the exercise of writing a song, like just trying to like figure out something I wanted to say and write it, write it fast, you know, or try stepping back and trying a different approach where I like chip away at it. 
and really just kind of trying to find my style of riding. And I think that first year or two here in Nashville, like really helped me um, figure out who I was as a songwriter, you know, and an artist. And what I wanted to say, because to me, like the two kind of go hand in hand. I don't see being a songwriter and an artist as two different career paths. Like I've always been a singer songwriter, you know, mm -hmm. I just I happen to be a singer who writes, you know, all my own music. And so to me, like I, if I didn't know what I was going to write about, then what am I doing here? So it took a little, you know, soul searching that first year or two and playing those honky tonks help, man. You know, seeing those crowds, like being away from home, that homesick feeling, like there's no feeling like that. Like talk about inspiration, you know, and the first two years when I go back and listen to my catalog, it's a lot of like missing home songs, you know, <laughs> for good reason. I mean, we, you know, we're writing, you know, from a first person, you know, from what we're feeling. So, um, yeah, man, it was, it was crazy to cut, cut teeth in those honky tonks and, um, and see the amount of talent in this town. Very humbling. Yeah. Cause I was down there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like these people are playing their asses off down here. And then yeah. they walk around with a bucket and try to get as many people to throw some money in as possible to, to do this. And the, you know, yeah. it's just, that takes a lot of dedication. And I totally, I mean, I, like I had so much respect for them. I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is cause I hadn't seen that. I mean, coming from San yeah. Diego, I didn't see that. Or even the LA you'd see bands right. try to, get shows or book shows. And it was more almost so like in the beginning, like a talent or like a popularity contest. I so like here it's different, man. One, you know, one night I was playing my, probably my most vivid memory of that, that year period or so where I was playing all those downtown bars. I was playing, I had like a three hour stay um, at this club called Puckett's. You, you probably know where that's at. It's right above Tootsie's or right across. Oh yeah. 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 Right yeah but they've got the restaurant yeah it's a restaurant they've got yeah. like a stage you know a bar the one in franklin is bomb we've been there. my family and i've gone there oh it's eat. great yeah. <laughs> we love it i mean we love that place but yeah that was like kind of where i started out and it was it wasn't a full band thing it was just more acoustic and what was cool mm -hmm. about that is they would let me play some originals you know like they were cool with me playing originals so you're still passing the tip bucket around people are eating and then as it goes like on the 10 or 11 o'clock, people were just kind of sitting at the bar, like having drinks and listening to the music. So one night I'm playing, it's 1030 or 11. It's a Wednesday night, you know, so it's all like tourists, you know, and then like a few other people, locals who are just kind of back there at the bar. And this guy sitting there, he'd been there all night. And I could tell like he was really enjoying the show. Like I was like, I was kind of playing to this guy. I could tell he was just locked in, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I got the tip bucket sitting right in front of me. Um, and there's probably 20 bucks in ones, you know, and at this time it was like playing and I'm in the middle of this original song the guy gets up, he walks up to the tip bucket and he drops a hundred dollar bill in the tip bucket. And I was like, Oh my God, like I'm rich. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That was my first thought, you know, it was like, cool. Like now I can eat tonight and maybe, you know, sleep, <laughs> not in my car, you know, right. but, um, as he got closer, I realized it was Randy Hauser. Um, so massive Randy Hauser fan had already had tons of number ones by this point. Yeah. And like a little starstruck. It was like my first celebrity encounter, you know, in Nashville, but I'm in the middle of a song. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just going to have to keep playing and kind yeah, of like, do I stop and be like, yo, <laughs> I know, I, can I get a I picture? <laughs> I really wanted to, I really wanted to, but he drops a hundred dollar bill in a tip bucket, walks out. And I was like, God, I was like calling my mom after the show. Like, mom, you won't believe this, you know? And, um, but that was it. Fast forward two years later, um, 
I signed my deal. I was starting to write. We were touring, like um, starting to have like a little bit of success. And we write this song um, that just was like a whirlwind of a songwriting session. It was 45 minutes. Me and Matt Rogers and Justin Wilson wrote this song. And honestly, when I got done writing it, like we got done, I was like, this song kind of sucks. Like, I don't think it's that good. <laughs> it, was, it was just like a mess. And um, we listened to it for a few days, sent it off to our publishers. And one of our publishers was like, I think you guys need a demo of this. Like, I think there's something to it. Got the demo back. And then we were all kind of like, wow, like this actually is kind of weird and, and cool. It sounds like a Randy Hauser song. Like we should send it to Randy Hauser. So we did. And, you know, I mean, there's... I don't know how many thousands of songs are written in this town every day, but there's a lot. Oh, yeah, sure. So for him to hear it and, you know, take the time to listen, he did. He liked it enough to be like, I want to put this on my record. And then he put it on the radio for us and was like, man, we're going to make this our first single and ended up making it, you know, my first number one song. Yeah, now so, you got a plaque behind you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah, sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was one of those things that was like, it was very surreal to have that memory of him being like the first person in town to kind of, I mean, I know it was just a tip, but it was like, it was kind of like he'd been there, you know? And, yeah. and we, we talked about this backstage actually at our number one party. And he was like, dude, I've been that guy. Like I've been that guy, you know, so much in my life. And it meant a lot to me. Like that moment, like gave me so much confidence, like to have a big artist like that, um, that yeah. I looked up to like, you know, walk up and drop a tip like that. It's kind of like a salute, you know, it's like, dude, you're yeah. doing it. like, and so from that point forward, like things started happening and I was telling Randy this whole story backstage and, um, I was getting like kind of emotional. Cause like, man, we we're at the number one party. Like my family had driven up from Georgia, like my mom's out there. Like it was, it was emotional, you know, this big moment. Sure. And I'm telling him this story and he's like looking at me kind of sideways the whole time. And I'm like, what in the world is he thinking? And finally, I get done telling the story, and he's like, "Man, did you say that I dropped a hundred dollar bill in your tip bucket?" <laughs> it was like real deep Mississippi accent, and I was like, "I was like, yeah, man, it was a hundred bucks." He's like, "Man, I must have had way too much whiskey that night." <laughs> it's like I thought it was a ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was funny though, dude. But he's he's a great guy. I mean, that was such a big moment for me, not only as a songwriter but as an artist. Like that just kind of catapulted everything for me, uh, in my career, you know, on the artist side too. So, um, yeah, that was what a, fun a validating moment. moment. I mean, what to have that and then come around full circle with him to cut your song and it goes number one. It was crazy, man. Yeah. It really was a moment. I mean, there's a few moments like that that stand out, you know, to me, like, you know, the Hauser thing, you know, the playing the Opry, like an Opry debut like that is just so surreal. Like, Oh man, on that stage. that's so cool. What a, what a like legendary stage to be on. Oh, it's, yeah, it's one, like, that's the only performance in my whole life where I've, I, number one, I was so nervous, I didn't even know if I could walk out there. Like, I was literally, like, I thought my legs were going to give out. And then when I finally did go out on stage, like, when I went out on stage, I know I sang because it happened, and there's pictures and videos, but I honestly <laughs> don't remember it. Like, I think I blacked out the whole time. I felt like I was watching myself from above, like, like an angel, like, outside of my own body. It was weird, dude. That's I mean, rad. It was, um, I mean, I was just so nervous and yeah, when you step in that circle, man, it's like, uh, uh you gotta be on your A game. Cause there's, uh, there, that's just everybody. I mean, all the greats, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. That's what a special time. What, what year was that when you played the Opry? So my Opry debut would have been 20, I want to say it was 15, 15 wow. or 16. Okay. 
So yeah, a couple years, um, you know, a couple years after tonight, tonight came out, or it might have been a year after. I need to go back and look, but I mean, since then I've gotten to play multiple times, and mm-hmm. everyone's just as special. I mean, it really sure. is it's always an honor, um, so it, cool. especially to be, you know, the first time I played the Ryman, because uh, you know they have the Opry at the Ryman in the oh yeah, and the Ryman's another, I mean, crazy historic venue. The original, you know, the OG Opry, and it's like. To be playing that venue right across the street from that is Puckett's, like that little club, you know, where I used yeah. to play the acoustic set. So I remember the first time I played the Ryman, like walking in, like looking over, and like there's Puckett's. And I was like, man, like, you know, three years ago, four years ago, like I was in there playing that place. And now it's just, it, I mean, I know you hear those stories all the time, but it really is crazy um, to see how things happen and progress. And um, it's it's been above and beyond my wildest dreams so far, man. So yeah, it's it's been awesome. That is so cool. And you've got to play with so many amazing people. You played with Blake Sheldon recently. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually, we're packing up today. We're heading to Ohio to do a show with Blake uh, on Wednesday. And we got to do uh, Shine Frontier Days with him uh, last month in Wyoming, which was insane. 25,000 people. Um, The biggest, most energetic crowd. Like I, I think, you know, the thing I've seen this year coming back to playing shows are the crowds are just insane. Like they're so happy to be there. Oh, everyone yeah. is excited. Everyone is loud. Everyone like it's it's amazing. Like I've just never seen anything like it. It's so um, it's so surreal to look out there and see literally everybody with their hands up or every cell phone lit up. You know, on like a, a slow song. And um, yeah, that Blake show out in Wyoming was insane. So I, it's been great to share the stage with him. Like you know, um, I've always considered him like one of my mentors. You know, someone that I've looked up to, and um, he's absolutely hilarious like first of all he's so i mean you can't even tell that just on tv i mean he's pretty he's really quick-witted oh very quick yeah he's exactly like that in person too it's not (laughs) it's not a tv thing it's it's just him you know so yeah it's been great uh to be able to like you know study people like that standing on the side of the stage and see how he works a crowd and it's just great god he's got so many great songs he's so you know he doesn't write you know that much he's never written um, I don't think he's written any of his really big songs other than like, you know, the first ones that came out like Austin and some of those amazing mm-hmm. early songs. Um, but he's just great. He knows what he wants to say. And like, to me, like that's so admirable, you know, to see an artist like that who knows what they want to say and knows how they want to deliver it. I mean, Garth, same way, Eric Church, you know, like all those guys, like I've looked up to them for, you know, my whole life because they're great at that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm sure it's got to be surreal to stand on the side of the stage and watch these people perform. I mean, Insane. Being a fan, and then you now you're sharing a stage with them. They're standing there watching them perform. I mean, yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it it really is, man. And and it's also good. I mean, you know, it teaches you a lot when you get to meet you know these people you looked up to your whole life, and they exceed your expectations. Like they're even nicer than you would. Like. <laughs> right. You know, that's like the best feeling ever as a fan and as an artist, because it makes you realize like, man, they're just people. They're just normal people. And I mean, you know, as an artist, like anytime I get a fan who's like starstruck at a meet and greet or whatever, and it's like, man, I'm just a normal dude. Like I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Like I laid, you know, I was a rock mason. Like (laughs) I shouldn't be here. (laughs) Oh, wow. You see the construction. I didn't realize that. Yeah, man, I've, I've done a little bit of everything, you know, I mean, cutting grass, construction. Um, I even did pottery for a while. I mean, I've done so many <laughs> random things uh, to get here, but, um, it, you know, 
it makes you very grateful, you know, when you get to a spot where you're doing something you love, you know, when you do a lot of stuff that's like very, very hard manual labor and you're like, man, I get to oh, go yeah. see the people now. This is awesome. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and you also well, I wrote a song with Hootie and the Blowfish or you have the record behind you as well for that. And was that yeah. recent enough or cause that, yeah. that was pretty recently, right? Yeah. It was right before the shutdown. I was back in 2019 in the summer and, yeah, I got a call from my publisher at Sony. I was riding into town one morning, and, um, like very last minute, spur of the moment. They were like, hey, like Hootie and the Blowfish is in town and they're riding for a new country record. Like, would you want to write with them? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And they're like, well, it's today. Can you be there in 30 minutes? <laughs> so I was like, yes, like I'm going to be there. And I had no idea. I was not prepared. Like I had this little melody that I was kind of singing on the way over. Um, and it ended up being what we wrote. I just came in with this idea called Roland. And um, went in and wrote it with uh, Adam Doliak was on that with me and Zach Kale, um, who writes a lot of the Gabby Barrett songs, a super talented producer. And then um, a couple guys in the band for Hootie and the Blowfish. And it was like, man, this is like one of the first bands I ever saw. My mom took me right. to see Hootie and the Blowfish and I was like <laughs> seven years old. I told them that too. And they were like, dude, don't be saying that you were seven when you saw it. Yeah, right. They're like, what are making me feel old? <laughs> I, I was like, well, I'm just, you know, and it was, it did leave an impact, man. I mean, they were such a, a force in the nineties. I mean like mm -hmm. massive songs. And so, yeah, I mean, another one of those moments is like, I just, you know, you can't make this stuff up. Like I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a really cool thing, but yeah, they, they put that record out and I was really proud to be a part of it. That's so cool. And then you said that was right kind of before the lockdown happened. Yeah. 2019. Uh, it was like that fall, late summer fall. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it was cool, man. I mean, Darius, I, I got to play in a golf tournament with him, uh, right after that record came out and just one of the most down to earth guys in the world, like super, super kind, uh, very knowledgeable, great singer. I mean, great artist. And, um, again, like just another one of those like heroes you look up to that ends up being a great person too. So it's, you know, you always hear like the horror stories of like the artists who, you know, maybe you meet somebody and like, they're like not nice to, you know, right, right, right. right. I haven't had those experiences yet. I hope I never do. <laughs> right. That's a cool, that's really cool. Yeah, they yeah. say don't meet your heroes. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I, I got to meet my hero. I got to meet Garth on the red carpet a couple of years back uh, for the ACMs, and he was the nicest human being I think I've ever met. I couldn't That's believe so it. So cool. Like That's you always hear, you always hear it about Garth, and you always think like, man, like there's no way like surely he's you know like got to like be too busy to like talk to everybody, and he's not. He does. He does that. Like he will literally. I was standing on the red carpet next to him. I didn't want to say anything because, you know, there was media out there and he was busy and like, but, you know, part of me was like, I wanted to be like, oh my God, like you're Garth Brooks. Right, right. I, I, held it in. <laughs> I held it in. I just stood there and he actually turned. We're standing there. He's standing behind Trisha, you know, his wife, and uh -huh. he's doing an interview. He turns to the right and like taps on the shoulder. He's like, hey man, like, what's your name? And just starts to full conversation. For 10 wow. minutes on the red carpet and and wanted to know about me like was asking me all these questions and i was like dude like i'm the last person you need to be talking to here man <laughs> like just like cmt and you know everybody's out there and he's taking the time so it's been uh country music man just like that i mean it's just full oh, cool. of great people you know on all sides media you know the artists the songwriters it's just it really is a great community to be a part of that's awesome and with the, with the lockdown, is that when you start writing this record coming out, what, in October? Yeah, yeah, the record's coming out in October, my first full length. And yeah, it's been, 
I would say it's been more like a two to three year process, man. I'm just like compiling these songs. Uh, I've written several of them during the lockdown, but really like the past year has been just compiling and like trying to find the right songs that fit in the right slots. Mm -hmm. I mean, the song, uh, you know, what I love about it is like, I feel like every song kind of fits chronologically and the whole record's like very autobiographical. Like it's about me growing up. It's about me meeting my wife. It's about, you know, our relationship, our family, our daughter, like there's kind of like all these little elements of me in there. Um, and I didn't really see it until I stepped back and like tried to start kind of like fitting all these songs in like a puzzle mm -hmm. to try to figure out what goes where. And it really did just, you know, when I listen top down now, it like flows like a story. And that's what I wanted. I mean, I put out a lot of singles. I put out a lot of, you know, EPs and like smaller projects, but I never put out a full length record. And so, you know, as a kid who grew up listening top down to like CDs, you know, right. and, yeah. and albums, like I was always such a fan of when an artist, you know, could say something like top to bottom, like what thematically is this album telling me? And what is each song? It's like chapters in a book, you know, that's kind of how I look at songs. They're like, they really are like their own chapter. And um, I think, man, I think we did it. I'm really proud of it. Amazing team of people like, producers, songwriters, you know, my management team, it's been awesome to have uh, all this help. That's so cool. How, how is the recording process? Did you have to do it virtually at all? Or did you kind of wait to put some of the tracks down? Yeah, we did a lot of it, man, over Zoom. I mean, a lot of, you know, I've got a vocal booth here in my, uh, in my house. And so I did a lot of stuff here at my home studio. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the songs were already, you know, finished, you know, like a couple of these songs we finished before the lockdown. Um, and we're just kind of waiting, you know, to, to do the right thing with them. So it was kind of like, um, it, it didn't seem like it was that hard. I mean, honestly, to get things done, like the songs, uh, you know, whether they were demos or just rough versions, they were all kind of there. The bones were there. It was just taking them and cleaning them up and adding things and just perfecting it. And that was a nice thing, of, you know, during the lockdown, like we didn't have anything to do. So it was like, it was a perfect time to like really kind of nitpick and see like, well, I really like it, but like, can we make it a little better? Can we try this guitar lick? Can we try, you know, this, you know, bringing this up in the mix? So it was a good time to experiment. Um, and yeah, it, it was great, man. Like everything, whether we did it through Zoom, you know, whether we, you know, had to jump in and do stuff over the phone, like we got it done. And um, it, I'm really proud of how it turned out. That's amazing. I can't wait to hear it. I've there's a few songs out so far, right? Or yeah. like your man or what, how far back do the songs go on the record that you've released so far? So, um, man, I, I would say, I would say that, you know, some of these songs are from two or three years back. Like your man's a newer one. We do, we wrote that one last year during the lockdown. But um, I'm, I'm sorry. Like as far as the songs that you've released, how many of these oh, ones yeah. are going to make the record? Yeah, so there's probably, you know, four or five that are already out and okay. um, there'll be, yeah, there'll be an additional like six, you know, five or six that haven't been put out yet. Um, cool. So, yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. I'll, I'll, I'm really anxious to see how fans react to those, you know, album cuts, so to speak, the ones that are on there. And I, and I still plan to, you know, release those you know, kind of as singles too, as, as the record progresses. But mm -hmm. um, it's it was so hard to narrow it down, man. I mean, you know, we write hundred plus songs a year sometimes. And so it's hard to find, you know, 10, 12 songs only that fit in that project, you know, right. so it was a, it, that was the hardest struggle for me is like having to leave songs off that you love, you know? <laughs> yeah. Is it hard to narrow down songs that you're going to keep for yourself or songs that you're going to yeah. pitch to other artists? 
I, I mean, I will say in my experience, it hasn't been too hard. I, I feel like, you know, like with the Hauser thing, with, you know, the Hootie and the Blowfish thing and, and some other things that they kind of find their way. Like, it's weird how songs kind of have a, a mind of their own, it seems like. And you just kind of know when you write one, if it's for you or not. It's just a gut thing. And there's, I haven't had, you know, I've had buddies who have written songs and have been kind of like, dang, I shouldn't have, like, let that one get away. You know, mm -hmm. I should have put that on myself. I haven't really had that experience. Um, you know, I, I've been very blessed to, like, have songs that I've written that I feel like are good songs, but not necessarily something I would say or, uh, you know, the delivery just didn't quite feel like me and they found a home somewhere else. So, um, no, I haven't had that yet, you know, but I, I, I can imagine that being tough. You know, if some, if an artist friend really wanted a song and you wanted a song, it'd be tough, you know? Right. Right. Well, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear the rest of the record. And I appreciate you doing this, John. This has been awesome. Oh, dude, thank you, man. I just feel like we've been hanging out. We'll, uh, we'll have to go down to Puckett's or something and catch up. And yeah, uh, after, after this, after we stop this, I'd love to chat with you for a second. If that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I have one more question for you, but <laughs> real quick, I want to know if you have any uh, advice for aspiring artists. Oh man. I think, uh, the, the thing that's helped me the most is be willing to do things that other people aren't. I mean, you know, there were so many gigs I took that weren't great paying gigs, uh, you know, that didn't route well in the calendar that were a struggle. And, um, I think that a lot of times in this career, there's so many talented people that you have to be willing to dig a little deeper. You know, you have to work uh, a little bit harder than the next person behind you. And um, that's been helpful for me. You know, I mean, you know, I'm not a Chris Stapleton. I can't sing, you know, the phone book and make it sound good, you know, and uh, I'm not as good of a songwriter as, you know, a, a Tom Douglas or something yet, maybe one day, but um, just hard work, man, has really been grit. You know, grit has been what's paid off for me. So, that would be my advice. You know, just don't be afraid to get in there and, and do things that other people aren't always willing to.